0: And I pray, Lord, that as we listen, that we may see with our eyes, hear with our ears, understand with our hearts, so that we may be more like Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
1: Well, it's great to be back at Ridgeview with you guys. Uh, let's, let's stand and worship together.
2: Holy, holy. Blessed trinity.
1: Lord, we just thank you for your presence here today, Jesus. Thank you for your love. You are worthy of our praise, Lord. We lift you up today in this place. You are perfect in every way. Even though we we fall short, you, you, you make a way for us, Jesus. You know us in a personal way. So just thank you for how you've been there for us.
2: Lord of all creation Of oh, water, earth and sky, the heavens are your tabernacle. I Glory to the Lord on high, God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. That she declares your majesty You are holy Holy Lord of heaven and earth Lord of heaven and earth Early in the morning. will celebrate the light when I stumble in the darkness I will call your name by night God of wonders beyond our galaxy you are holy holy declares your majesty. You are holy, holy. Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Galaxy, You are holy Holy The universe declares your majesty You are holy Holy Lord of heaven and earth Lord Heaven and earth He is jealous for me Loves like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind And mercy When all of a sudden, I am unaware of these affections eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us so. Oh how he loves us, how he loves us, oh, he is jealous, he is jealous for me, loves like a hurricane, I am a tree, bending beneath
0: the weight
2: of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. He loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh. his portion and he is our prize drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes if his grace is an ocean we're all sinking in heaven meets earth with an unsperseen kiss and my heart turns violently and tight of my chest I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us Whoa. That this morning, church. Yeah, he does. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves. He loves us. Oh. How he loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves.
0: Please be seated. This is our opportunity to worship God by giving back to him a little bit of what he has provided for us. If you're not sure about this whole God thing, then that's fine. It's your choice to participate or not. But if you do know God, please use this opportunity to worship him. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, how you love us. We just sit and rest for a moment in that truth, in that reality, in that thought. Thank you father. You give us everything from our very breath to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Please help us to give all of ourselves to you. And just as a symbol of that we give back to you some of what you have given to us. Please use this money to accomplish your will in our own hearts in the lives of people in our community, in our country, and around the world. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray for your glory. Amen.
2: Befriended, befriended by the king above all kings, surrender, surrendered to the friend above all friends, invited. Invited deep into this mystery Delighted Delighted by the wonders I have seen This will be my story This will be my song You'll always be my Savior Jesus, you will always
0: have my heart Astounded,
2: astounded that your gospel beckoned me Surrounded, surrounded, but I've never been so free. This will be my story, this will be my song. You'll always be my savior. You will always have my heart Determined Determined now to live this life for you You're so worthy My greatest gift would be the least you'll do This will be my story, this will be my song, you'll always be my Savior, Jesus, you will always have me.
3: All right. Heather and I, some of you have heard this, you'll roll your eyes, but Heather and I, over the course of several years, have tried to, in our lives, become minimalist. And what that basically means, if you never heard that expression before, that thinking before, is I grew up in a culture of, you had these things called garages, have you heard of them? And what do you put in garages? Stuff, but I always, you know, but that's not what they're for. They're supposedly designed for cars, right? But most of us, if we can get a car inside of our garage, um, the Lord has delivered us. And I grew up with that kind of culture of accum- accumulation, and minimalization is a rebellion against accum- accumulation. And it's trying very intentionally to live a life as simply as possible when it comes, especially to stuff, so you're not distracted. Because as many of us know, you don't own stuff stuff owns you all right and when you get a lot of stuff then you have to buy a security system to watch all that stuff when you don't have anything then you don't have to buy a security system brilliant thinking anyhow (laughs) as I think about it and simplifying my life I've really got it down to two things and maybe you'll agree or not but one thing is I think everyone should meet Jesus I think everyone should have an encounter with Jesus, come to know Jesus as their life leader. Most important thing in all the world, nothing else matters. But there is another thing I think that's quite important too, a very, very high priority. Some of you are thinking very, very, very hard about this right now. I wonder what he's going to say. I would say a good pillow. All right? Everyone's got different priorities. I think a good pillow that you like needs to be second on that list, something that's cuddly, something that works. Those of us who did a lot of camping when we were younger can remember, especially you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, you could sleep on anything, right? You could pull a rock up and like, rest your neck on it. And even the thought of that now actually causes little <laughs> bulges in your neck. So what I'd like to just take a moment. Anyone got like, a preference and pillow they'd like to share? I, like right here, I have one of these ones. Like, it's one of these hybrid ones that's got like the soft half cushiony and then feathers. Cause I need that, I love that. I love waking up in the morning without several kinks in my neck. But I, I know this is a typical way of starting a service, but any pillow deliverance stories? Bart, what kind of pillow do you like? Um, one that exists. Okay, very good. That's what happens when you ask a an natural physicist anything, yes. <laughs> I've been using a water
0: pillow lately.
3: Nice, okay. And how's that working for you? Not well. Not well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Anyone else? Lots of, Lots of feathers, okay? Any kind of animal in particular? Like like Canadian goose or more like pigeon or no, doesn't <laughs> matter. Yes. Memory foam. Memory foam, okay. That's intense stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Silk. Oh, wow. I didn't know such a thing existed. Yeah, right. Bamboo. This is all, I'm learning a lot today. I, uh, yeah. We're good there? Everyone's feeling good? Some of you are going to go shopping later today? Bamboo, who knew such a thing existed? Why don't I pray, and then we'll head home, call it a day, because, uh, (laughs) got through the important things. God, thank you. Uh, Thank you that you have a sense of humor and you've given us a sense of humor, but you've also given us minds to use and bodies to not abuse and a world that you've called us the steward well. And today as we um, broach this topic that most of us think is a silly one, um, it has dire consequences if we don't take it seriously. So thank you for your word. Thank you that you address things that are just unseen to our senses that we need to be aware of and we need to be prepared for. And I pray, God, for anyone here today who's in need of deliverance. Um, may they be sensitive and open to your spirit's leading and cry out to you and meet with you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Right? We'll do a couple more things, even though the pillow thing was might be all you, some of you got out of today. But but, but we've been... Uh, been doing a series the last couple of weeks called Biography, and we've been looking at particular characters from the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, who kind of come up a lot and have defining characteristics that could have completely destroyed them, or we look back on them and, and they're things they overcome, maybe with God's help. And what I'd like to do today is talk about one last character as we wrap up this series. I want to talk about demons. That's what I said, demons. And you're like man some of us are like
0: yeah really demons like really
3: De- demons pastor i mean I, I use that kind of language in november to get my kids to behave when christmas comes around but this kind of stuff is really there's this one uh, famous comedian who used to always say the devil made me do it and he would use the that excuse as a as a way to get himself out when he did something stupid and everybody would laugh. You can't use that expression anymore and no one would find it funny at least because no one believes in the devil anymore. And this idea of of spiritual warfare and unseen forces. But if you actually, if you sit down and you study the book of Mark, which is what we've been talking about these last couple of weeks, you're gonna notice it comes up a lot comes up at least nine times and i want to take you on a bit of a journey today whether you're a bit cynical skeptical about this topic and see if you agree with me at the end if this is not very relevant to your life today i'm going to turn to mark chapter one i'll have it come up on the screen you can follow along in your notes in the pew bibles with you and i'm on page 1128 and it says this And Jesus healed many who had various diseases he also drove out many demons but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was now we're gonna talk about in future weeks why he tells some demons to be quiet and some demons there's no mention of him doing anything but we kind of get a tiny little bit of insight in here about demons and there's this weird thing going on here in this story here there's another uh, bizarre passage i want to read to you comes from mark chapter 9 verse 38 and it says this teacher said john we saw a man driving out demons in your name and we told him to stop because he was not one of us do not stop him jesus said no one who does a miracle my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me for whoever is not against us is for us I mean, that's just kind of a, you ever open up the Bible and you read some of these stories and you're like, how did that make the cut? How did that even get in there? I I often say, and you've heard me say this before, whenever you read something weird in the Bible, what's your first thing you do? Pull up your pillow and sleep? No, (laughs) pray. But then, where do you go? You figure out, is there somewhere else in the Bible where it's echoed? Because often if you do that, you'll find someone else has something to say in the exact same way, and it illuminates, it helps you understand, which happens a lot. So if you go a thousand years back in history, in the book of Numbers there, it says this. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp, A young man ran up and told Moses, who was the leader at the time, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since you, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And there's this danger sometimes, and when this story gets echoed throughout Scripture, that you can become very comfy, cozy in your religion, and in your church, and think what you think is the only thing, and everyone else's. And I love that these pictures, these stories, these echoes in Scripture remind us: oh, we got to be teachable, we got to be open to the Spirit's leading, we got to be open and not get stuck in our ways. Man. Now, in case, now we're going to talk about demons for a minute here, and if you're cynical about this stuff, if, if you don't think they are real, you may not care what I'm about to say right now, but I want to be really, really clear whether you care or not. I believe in demons. And I often have people come to me on a regular basis, and some of you will probably come to me after the service today, and, but they ask questions like, have you ever encountered Demons. And my answer, obviously, is probably may, way more than I realize. And I think some of us might even have stories. Now, there's those of us who, when we see him, we see them on TV, who go around and there's like a demon behind every bush and shrub, and you're like, whoa, that guy's just on something. But the reality is not everything's because of demons. Now, some of you, I look out on you today, and you would say, Pastor, there was a demon in my shampoo bottle this morning. And that's what explains my hair. And I, I, I would say, I don't know if that was the case. Maybe you're having a bad hair day, but you may explain it as being demons. Some of you think that your kids <laughs> <laughs> by their behavior this week. Yeah, I think something's going on there, pastor. Can you come over for an exorcism? May or may not be the case anyhow we tend to make light of these things but there's a couple things i want to illuminate for you here from god's word first of all some of us who grew up in sunday school a lot of things that we were told about demons and angels and satan you may have to relearn them or rethink them and i'll give you kind of the bare essentials will not take long maybe 10 seconds but here's what we know all right and let me read here from mark chapter 3 verse 22 And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, Jesus is possessed by Beelzebub. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. So when it comes to the origins of demons, where they came from, that's about all we know. How many of you found that really helpful? (laughs) Pretty much all we know about demons, and it's pretty vague right here as far as their origins go, is that they're agents of satan that's that's pretty much all we know about origins and you could go to scriptures you could go to jude you could go to second peter and you read about passages well i thought the demons were fallen angels not directly are we told that's the case and that's why i'm saying to all of us we got to be careful when we throw that kind of language around because it's not necessarily true, you can infer it, You can, but it's not a direct statements from scripture. So there is this unseen thing that the scriptures talk about, but we have to be careful about where they came from. I get asked those questions, how could God create these things? Great questions, we don't have a lot of information from this book that I trust above all other books. A couple other things though that we do know. First of all, what do demons do? We know a couple things about that. We may not know origins too much, but we know what they do. Daniel ten thirteen tells us a little bit. If you ever read the book of Daniel, and it, and it says this, but let me give you a little bit of the context here. Daniel, who's kind of like the vice president of the world at the time, he's praying, and he prays for three weeks. He prays for 21 days, and his prayer is not being answered. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears to him, and it says, says this to him, The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. And it's a very bizarre passage. Very bizarre passage, especially when you read the second half of the book of Daniel. What's going on here? There's this evil prince. There's this evil spirit, and it was doing battle in the spiritual realm. Here's the first thing that we're alluded to when it comes to Demons. And some of you are gonna go somewhere that I don't want you to go, but just stick with me for a second. Demons influence the leaders of culture. Demons influence the leaders of culture. And, I, and you could say, yeah, I see what he's doing to our neighbors down south. But that, that's not what I'm talking about. But I know all of you went there. Why did I say that? But if I were a demon, who am I gonna attack? I'm gonna go after the influencers. I'm gonna go after the leaders. People who think they're leaders, um, how, how can you tell if someone's a leader? Very good way, um, uh, leaders um, have followers. So if you think you're a leader and no one's following you, then you're just someone who's out for a walk, all right? <laughs> So if I'm, a deem, if I'm a demon, I want to influence many. Who do I go after? I go after the key influencers. And why I raise that for you, and we see this in scripture several times, this influence thing is, how should our response be? We, we need to be praying for our leaders. We're not thinking, boy, that guy is, the, you know, that guy is possessed by a demon, and I need to pray for X. No, you need to be praying for them and praying for all of them, that they would be influenced by the right things. Second one here. What what do demons do? Demons desire to inflict suffering on you. Here's another one that you may have to rethink because of, and even for myself, I have to relearn from how I was brought up, but it says this in Matthew chapter 17. Interesting story. "'Lord, have mercy on my son,' he said. "'He has seizures and is suffering greatly. "'He often falls into the fire or into water.'" And then Jesus says this. Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment. Now, now, contrary to popular opinion and to culture and to movies where a lot of us get all our demonology from, this is a really important thing. The New Testament does not say that demons are the cause of afflictions. Like, I don't know, I, I used to see this all the time. You have the demon of lust on you. You have the demon of, you know what I mean? And we, we attest to them when we tie to them some kind of thing. Maybe you've heard this language before. That doesn't come from scriptures. And, and, but demons, illness, or in fact, they're actually seen as two distinct conditions in the Bible. And, and it's very, I, I, maybe it's a little bit, but it's something for us to consider and think about. Because here, here I am asking you to use your brain and to think when it comes to things that are unseen. And this is one that we have to constantly be thinking through because some of us think there's a demon behind every bush. But demons are alive and active and want to influence and want to destroy and they want you to suffer. Third one here. Demons scheme to lure you away from God. Demons scheme to lure you away from God. Paul writes this to Timothy. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. They want to hurt you. They want to destroy you. They want to distract you. They want to pull you away from the source of life, and they're, and they're really, really active. Chris, do you mind lowering the lights for a second? Because I want to give you an example of this. Not too far, but let's just get really, really quiet in here. Not that it usually isn't. And I want you to listen really, really Quietly. Can you hear it? Can you hear the spiritual forces of darkness? Got you! Just kidding, I was just, just, you can turn the lights back up. I just wanted to see if you were listening or not. But see, that's how demons, no, I'm just kidding. But I just wanted to give you an example to wake you up in case you were sleeping. Totally sorry. But what's brilliant about that is it illustrates my very next point. Demons want to paralyze you with fear. Some of you aren't going to forgive me. I'm sorry if you... I noticed someone up there wet themselves, but I apologize for that. Demons want to paralyze you with fear. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 2 Timothy 1, chapter 6 says this. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. One of my favorite stories, Mark records, and it's a great story, and it goes like this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke against the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping, on a cushion some translations say pillow the disciples woke him and said to him teacher don't you care if we drown he got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves quiet be still and the wind died down and it was completely calm and he said to his disciples why are you so afraid Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. He's sleeping on a pillow. He's sleeping on a cushion. So God gives us this word. It's captured by by scholars over hundreds of years. Finally, they agree and canonize it through faith, and then it passes on for hundreds and hundreds of years. 1500s long comes the printing press. It starts getting printed in different languages. We believe it's inspired. God breathed, and it comes into the 21st century. And reading the story, how did pillow cushion get past the editors? What a strange, strange detail. How is that helpful? I mean, what's the deal? When I was growing up, true story, I always have to say that disclaimer because I tell too many stories and none of you believe anything I say, but when I was growing up, one of my greatest fears was our house catching on fire. And the reason why it was such a great fear is because I'm such a heavy sleeper. So growing up, as soon as my head hits the pillow, I'm gone. I'm like, you ever try to pick up a sleeping cat? And When you pick up a sleeping cat, it becomes like an accordion or a slinky and the thing like you're picking you up but the legs and the feet are still, the, the feet and the front legs are still on the ground. That was me when I fall asleep. And once my head hit the pillow as a kid, you weren't moving me for 10 hours. So I always had great fear that the house caught on fire. Man, and you read this story And you're like, why are we given these details? First of all, why why the pillows? Why the cushion? And then, why is he not awake? Why is he not waking up? And and of course, his response is, why are you so afraid? And then he goes on to to calm the storm. And if you ever study the Sea of Galilee, what they're on, and and ancient culture, (laughs) the ancients believed that the sea was hell. The sea was the abyss. That's why when you're reading the book of Revelation in heaven, there'll be no sea because you can't have hell in heaven. So they believe then if the sea is hell, and especially the Sea of Galilee, if you ever study the Sea of Galilee, it's way below sea level. Storms come up there all the time. Who brings the storm? The devil. So if you're Jewish, and the sea is the abyss, and the devil is the one who controls storms, what profession are you least likely to choose? Fishermen. You've got to have gumption and chutzpah to be a fisherman. Some people ask, why did Jesus choose fishermen to follow him? I think he found the most courageous Jews known for their courage because it was a pretty small um, Profession and there it wasn't like there were hundreds and hundreds of fishermen there weren't a lot at all and jesus says come follow me There's probably something going on there with that, but what's the deal? with the cushion What's the deal with the pillow? Now I, I told you a little bit about demons. I told you a little bit about what they do and I think the one thing out of all those four things I listed that's probably most relevant to Canadians, Americans, nowadays, is fear. In fact, I think there's a lot of us here in this room today that are in great amounts of fear. In fact, if I were to use the metaphor, take the metaphor that, I would say a lot of you, there's a storm going on right in you right now. And some of you, man, nobody has any idea that you're struggling, that there's this battle raging inside of you and you're just hanging on, just for dear life. And I'm sure there's other people that look at you and go, man, that guy's got it all together. Look at his car, look at his house. And and the person going through the storm's thinking, man, I don't even know how I'm gonna pay next month's mortgage or your marriage is just on the rocks, or you're about to flunk out of school, or, or, or something has gotten into your life, an addiction, a sin, or something else, and you're just living in fear because if anyone finds out, you're finished. And there's that fear there. And a lot of us, maybe we're here today, because if I just get to church on Sunday morning, or if I just get close to Jesus, there's no more storm. In fact, when I was growing up, the teaching and the thinking was, and I had to relearn this, become a follower of Jesus and all your problems are solved. (laughs) Yeah, right. In fact, I have found in my life, when you become a follower of Jesus, there's a bigger target on your back. Because when you say yes to Jesus, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit takes up res- residence in your life, and all of a sudden, God starts to do a, uh, begin to do a work in your life, and you're, you make this movement from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You move, you move from the kingdom of, I, I have no business ethics, or Christian ethics, to all of a sudden, I'm not gonna lie, cheat, Gossip, any of those things, and all of a sudden, the people in your workplace are, "What happened to so and so?" Or people are in score like, "Hey, they're no fun anymore." And, and and that, and all of a sudden, you start seeing things that never used to bother you, and you're like, "I can't live that way anymore." And, and, and you become even more troubled, and I would suggest and argue that you become a target for the spiritual forces of evil. And they will do anything they can to knock you, pull you away, and, and distract you in that kingdom of light. Everyone depressed? <laughs> Let's talk about a couple ways we can battle this. A couple, and a, a, a couple, couple great stories, we can't do them all today. One I'd suggest, I should have put it in the notes and I didn't for you to read prior to the series this week. I'd encourage you today to go, go today and read Acts chapter 9. There's a great, not great story, in my twisted mind there's a great story about these sons of Sceva. And they're going around trying to exorcise demons. Fascinating, fascinating story. And they thought, because they had heard of Jesus and what he was doing, that they could do the same. So there comes this time when this man's possessed by a demon. They go into his house, and they're like, you know, in the name of Paul, come out of that man. And the demon responds, hey, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is, but who are you dudes? And the demon in this man then comes and starts whipping and beating these guys so much that they all come screaming out of the house with no clothes on, totally beaten up. Why do I tell you that story? Because it's awesome. (laughs) But also, but also, if you don't take the demon seriously, you're setting yourself up for a world of hurt, and some of us know that. We can't treat our enemy lightly. We can't treat our Emily, enemy lately. Jude writes this. Jesus' half-brother writes this in uh, Jude, Jude verse 9. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, once again, very strange story, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Even the, even the angels take this stuff seriously. We need to do the same. Secondly, how do we battle? Don't flirt with darkness. Don't flirt with darkness. I can get really, really legalistic here because that's the way I was raised. I don't know if that's helpful, but let me read to you from a passage from Deuteronomy. Let no one be found among you who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. I I could sit here and I could talk about, here's what the scriptures say, you need to refrain from that. Those of you who, the first thing you do when you open up the newspaper in the mornings is read the horoscope. This, these passages speak against that. And you're like, what's the big deal? Teorot what's the big, someone reading my, what's the big deal? The scriptures say, be careful. It warns you not to flirt with this. Whether it's horoscopes or having a cat as a pet, you need to be careful with these things. <laughs> but we need to be careful with these things, with flirting. And what does that look like in the 21st century? Man there is some garbage out there and a lot of us are just watching it engage with and it's very confusing and i could i could, you know what i'm talking about i could list the television show, shows and the movies one that when i was when i was if this is helpful for you if not just plug your ears but when i was growing up especially in high school i loved vampires I love vampire movies, I love the whole thing. I didn't dress that way, but I was just fascinated with this. And I remember just my mom and dad sitting me down one day in their beautiful, brilliant, gracious way and just saying, hey, Joe, let's talk about, let's contrast vamp- sorry vampires to Jesus. And it was just an interesting thing to think about. Creatures of darkness, light. Sucks blood, gives blood. And they went on and on and on, what and it got me thinking they didn't say don't do it but they said use your brain god's given you one you flirt with this stuff you better be prepared to play with it you better be prepared for it to infect you i don't know if it's helpful and i would encourage you um, to think wisely about what you're ingesting is that helpful did that sound legalistic no i hope that was just clear and loving because that's what we want to be about here is being a a community of grace the third one here we don't fight with our power but with God's authority we don't fight with our power but with God's authority Matthew 10 says this Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness so we talked a little bit about how to battle I was thinking about who could I get to talk about this this week and what one person, two people's, um, came to mind. So I thought I'd let you hear from them right now.
4: Oh, my name is Jeff, and uh, I'm visually impaired. Hello. 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 Uh, my name's Eric. Uh, well, we live downtown Toronto at, at Young and Bloor. In a in a very bad tenement. Oh, I found out uh, to uh, 2013 when I started going blind. and uh, um, cataracts are, uh, are are starting to write. And uh, um, one of my fears is not not being able to see again. Another fear of mine is. Uh, Someday I know I'm going to die, and I don't know when, and uh, that's another fear of mine. Well, I, uh, I, uh, I found myself uh, praying a lot about it, mm. and uh, I go to God and uh, tell him my, my fears and, and, and things. And uh, I just ask the Lord, you know, uh, help me to carry on with this, uh, this, uh, this blindness makes a difference with this stuff um, it just makes it easier a lot more easier um, um, I can't I can't read the Bible anymore but I uh, I uh, got a little uh, talking Bible that I can listen to and you know, like, people have to realize that God is there all the time. Mm. And always go to him in prayer. And you can always talk to him about whatever's going on in your life. And some people think, well, okay, if I don't get an answer right away, then what's going on? Why is he not answering me? Well, he does answer you. He might might not. Like, obviously, he's not going to talk to you physically, but he answers you in other ways. And he may point things out to you. He may make you see things. Like... Like I said, I mean, you know, as soon as I walk through the doors, or as soon as Jeff and I walk through the doors of Richview, it's just like being blind. And uh, met a lot of people that are blind. I have uh, two friends that are uh, completely blind uh, since birth, and uh, and they said, we we know what you've gone through, Jeff, and uh, you know they uh, they tell me to keep my head up high and. You know, uh, and there are Christians too.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Jeff and Eric. When you think about fears. Could you imagine being in Jeff's situation and just things are fine, and then all of a sudden you begin losing your eyesight? For some of us, that, that could be one of our greatest fears. And watching his journey over the last couple of years. Thanks, guys, for sharing from your hearts for us, and uh, we love you. What's the cure for fear, then? You weren't listening today, were you? The cure for fear is PILLOWS! (laughs) When you leave here today and your world is feeling dark, And you're feeling crushed on. And life's just in the fear. What am I going to do? I'm so Remember pillows. 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 Remember pillows. And don't ever forget when life's so hard, when the fear uh, temperature is just overwhelming, when you feel like you can't take another step remember pillows remember that he's in the boat with you remember that when that storm of life is raging around you he's there and he ain't disturbed at all and he's just sitting down there calm as can be not worried about what the world is throwing at you because he has defeated darkness. And he's defeated the forces of evil so you and I can have eternal peace and rest. And the reason why we fear is because we lose sight of him. And the reason why we fear is because we think that this world is all there is. And he wants us to remind him, hey, if that metaphor helps you, never forget pillows. Never forget that, hey, he's dealt with it. He's Taking care of it, and that the cure for fear is you don't have to be afraid because Jesus has conquered and defeated death. We have this tendency as humans to cure fear with self-medication, self-help books. I can do it myself. I can do it on my own. And as many of us know, it doesn't work or it's not lasting. You want to be well? You want to be cured? Bring the boy to me, Jesus said. And if you got that in your notes, if you got that in your Bibles, you read the passage earlier, it says this And when the Spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. What's the cure for fear? Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. The things of this world, they just pass away. But God's word stands forever. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the hope, the eternal peace, the eternal security you promise if we meet with you. If we trust you, if we make you our life leader, those sins, those mistakes, those uh, even the things this world is doing, we don't have to be afraid. No matter what's going on in the spiritual realm, which, yes, is unseen to us, but if there are those moments and times, God, where I think we would all say, something's going on and it's terrifying and it's scary and where does that evil come from? What is that? And may we be reminded today That you've defeated death. You've given us life eternal, and all we need to do is just keep our eyes on you. When those storms are raging, rest is available. God, help us to be more like you today, and thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you so much for that story. We bless you. Thank you for the hope we have in you. And no matter what comes our way, no matter what fears, no matter what unseen forces that want to destroy us, no matter what concerns, no matter what, we know that you will never let us go. You'll never let us go. Your grip, you'll never turn us or your back on us, no matter our resume, no matter what we've done, we can always go to you. We pray all these things in your precious name. And all God's people said. When I do a benediction, I, uh, I'm not going to sing right now, so I want to release you. But, uh, oh, he's here. I didn't see him. <laughs> How'd he do that? <laughs> Cliff, take Guys, over. You know
1: what? You know what's so cool? This morning, um, you have such a cool pastor. Let me, just give him a hand. Let's give him a hand. You know, I, I went out this morning to, to pray. Like, I, I, there was some prayer going on. I just noticed it was going on, so I... I went over to the circle, and usually when you pray, you you put your head down, right, and you're, you're, you're kind of thinking about things and reflecting, and I couldn't help, Joe, just stand up on the stage for a minute, Pastor Joe, I couldn't help but look at his cool shoes, and I was like, okay, so I'm supposed to be concentrating on prayer, and I'm looking at, pastor Joe's shoes and I'm like one thing went through three things went through my head one was like man they're cool I like those the other one was well he must like watching counting cars right and the other one was well he's got to be on fire for God (laughs) so (laughs) keep wearing those shoes brother they're inspiring yeah God's faithful you know his love is so faithful and it's been great to be here today with you and um i know love casts out perfect love casts out all fear and and that's what jesus was he was he was perfect in every way when it come to loving and i know if you're here today and you're thinking about it god loves you so much he loves you so we're going to just uh finish off here and um.
2: He loves us Oh How He loves us Oh How He loves us Oh How He loves Let's sing that together He loves us How he loves us Oh, how he loves us Oh, how he loves Your love is amazing Steady and unchanging Your love is a mountain Let's stand firm beneath my feet your love is a mystery How you gently live me When I am surrounded Your love carries me Let's sing that again Your love is amazing Steady and unchanging Your love is a mountain from beneath my feet Your love is a mystery How you gently live me When I am surrounded your love carries me. Hallelujah. 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 Your love makes me sing. Hallelujah. 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 Your love makes me sing. Your love surprise surprising. I can feel it rising Oh, the joy that's growing Deep inside of me And every time I see you Oh, your goodness shines through I can feel this God's song Rising up in me Hallelujah. Hallelujah 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 Your love makes me sing Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your love makes me sing, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Your love makes me sing, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You love makes me say, You love makes me say,
3: And every time you see your pillow, <laughs> may you be reminded that he's there in the boat with you, and you got nothing to fear. Go in peace.